You're listening to episode 10 of the Being and Doing Now podcast, where we explore who we're being while we're doing whatever it is that we're doing. And welcome back, love. It's been a hot minute since our last episode. this on Wednesday, March 11th, 2020. And I have to say that a switch flipped inside of me on Monday. Two days ago, my doubts, my fears, my uncertainties fled. The overthinking, overanalyzing, done. It's ironic because like me, you may have woken up Monday to blaring headlines, which continued all throughout the day on Monday, through yesterday, and they are certainly continuing today. Maybe you also felt suddenly confronted with a new world. So here's the content of just some of the headlines and the news stories that I was seeing on Monday when I had some tremendous moments of clarity. Coronavirus cases and death counts increased here in the U.S. States of emergency declared by at least two U.S. governors and That was just on Monday. More have come in since then. All of Italy goes into lockdown, which affects its 60 million-ish people. Biggest oil crash in nearly 30 years. Big public events canceled from annual festivals to parades, along with in-person college classes in a number of states. The Dow posts its biggest single-day loss since 2008. And the pictures of empty shelves in grocery stores, especially for things like toilet paper, have been circulating around the internet. Most of that was just on Monday, in one day. And today, before I started recording, the World Health Organization declared the coronavirus a pandemic. Now, I could go on with all of the happenings and all of the things that have gone on just in the past two days, but I think you get the point. And you may even be thinking, geez Louise, Kristen, this is exactly the kind of stuff I'm trying to get away from. I get it, love, and my intention is not to overwhelm you. It's to make a couple of points. The first is what I've noticed. On Monday, via emails, and I am on a lot of email lists of a variety of kinds, and my social media, Instagram in particular, it looked like business as usual. And by that I mean, except for some very few instances, uh, like in email, I got one email that had a very cheery and overly cheery and quite out of place comment that looked like it was just kind of slapped on at the beginning of the email that literally said, quote, hey there, I hope you're all surviving coronavirus mania, exclamation point. And another email, much more serious sounding one from a credit union that I'm no longer a member of, they called it a, quote, important message um, with a very serious note about how they're handling coronavirus and how seriously they take it and are committed to doing what they need to, blah, blah, blah. Those were the two that came through via email. And only one beautiful woman on Monday in my Instagram feed, uh, I saw did a live video about the fear and stress related to coronavirus and current events. Otherwise, it was pretty much business as usual, at least in my world. 
for us kind of normal folks at the street level. And it hasn't really changed much since then. I see a dribble, like a, a, a mention here or there about things that are happening, but not in a way that really addresses what's happening or even talks about how we're feeling about it. It's just been a select few people who are just kind of mentioning it here or there. So maybe the shock of things is still kind of wearing off for people or they're still in the throes of it. Or maybe folks don't quite know what to say or maybe like me very practically it's taken or it's taking people a little bit of time to get their messages out there about it you know i would have loved to have gotten this out to you on monday but it just didn't work out that way or maybe understandably people feel like they don't really want to add to that quote mania that the email i mentioned referred to that's really not going to work for us for very long because the truth is that world events that what is happening now in a variety of forms quite frankly has been coming toward us for a very long time and we cannot turn away from it or deny it any longer try as we might we are not going to be able to bury our heads in the sand for this one for very much longer if at all or try to insulate ourselves by turning off the phone or the tv or disconnecting from social media. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that doing those things can be very good when you recognize that you're feeling particularly overwhelmed, particularly stressed, you need a break, and it's wise to kind of step away for a little bit. I'm talking about more of this overall, I can't deal with that, that doesn't exist, I'm going to put my head in the sand and just live my life, and I'm not going to be affected by it. I'm just making the decision that I'm not going to be affected by it. Things have gotten very real, very fast, love. And now what's happening out there has come much closer to us. It's literally meeting us in our communities, in our families, and on our doorsteps. And to add a little levity, even maybe in our bathrooms, if you happen to run out of toilet paper. So whether you think the coronavirus itself is a hoax, or not that serious, or not going to affect you, it's only going to affect older people, or you think it's no worse than the common flu, regardless of what your political persuasion is, or your personal opinions are, what is happening in the world between the stock market crumbling the economy which will be impacted by the virus, our daily lives, your daily life, and that of your family and friends is in some way, shape, or form going to be impacted very soon here if it hasn't already. You will be impacted one way or another by the confluence of current events. And I say this not to be alarmist, not to create or add to any sort of hype, but at this point, it's painfully obvious to anyone with the eyes to see or the ears to hear that daily life as we know it, particularly in the West where we are accustomed to having things now and having the things the way we like them and getting what we want and you know getting it with readily, ready access, life is going to change for us at the very least for a certain period of time. You know, overall, I see it being like in the Matrix movie, where Morpheus offers Neo the choice of the blue pill or the red pill. Morpheus tells Neo, and this is a quote from the movie, 
Take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes." End quote. Except that now, I don't even believe it's possible to take the red pill and wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe without going down the rabbit hole at all. It's just not going to be possible in the same way that maybe it was a few months ago, even. I believe that at some level of our existence, we are all being offered or have been offered the red pill or the blue pill. And regardless which one we choose, regardless of what our personal beliefs and opinions are, we are all going to feel the effects of the circumstances that are happening out there in some way, shape, or form via our health or that of our family, via our work and where we work or if we work, via our paychecks, our social lives, the larger economy, our grocery shopping, you name it. There's simply no denying it any longer. Things are changing, and that is really stressful. You know, I'm currently reading uh, Gabor Maté's book, When the Body Says No, Exploring the Stress-Disease Connection. And it reminded me that, and this is a quote from the book, the research literature has identified three factors that universally lead to stress, uncertainty, the lack of information, and the loss of control, end quote. And I would say that all three of those factors are really rampant right now. If you want to take a milder course in terms of verbiage, you could say that they're at play in societal events right now. So my love, again, my intention is not to wear on your emotions with doom and gloom. It's to state what's happening and to look at it and to turn toward it rather than away from it in fear or overwhelm and to talk about what I see as a powerful antidote to the painful sense of dis-ease that so many of us are feeling right now. That powerful antidote is self-leadership with a capital S, but hold that thought for a moment, just press pause, and we will get back to that idea in a couple of minutes. So the second reason that I have mentioned world events and content from Monday's headlines and even, you know, from yesterday and today and all of that, this episode is a reboot of the Being and Doing Now podcast. And in episodes going forward, we're going to focus on turning toward what is there in our lives, asking for us to see it. We're going to turn toward the fear, turn toward the overwhelm, and meet it with our highest, wisest, most compassionate and capable self. We're going to learn how to do that if you don't do it already. And if you do know how to do it already, we're going to enhance that the best we can and help you have that connection more often and experience it more often in your life. And we'll also explore what stands in the way of that. We'll look at the roots of the fears and the overwhelm and the depression and the anxiety that so many of us had already been feeling before all of these world events really kicked up into high gear, but now, you know, they've been leveled up several notches. We're going to do this turning toward because attempting to deny our emotions or the difficult circumstances we're experiencing does not end well. Maybe you've already had that experience in your life. Emotions that we deny, that we repress, that we don't acknowledge, fester 
within us and create all sorts of challenges. Circumstances that we neglect are similar. They tend to compound and leave us with even more to deal with than we had initially. So I'm talking about what's happening. I'm not denying it. And I am going to stand with you as we all face this together. Because as a beautiful friend of mine said, we're all in this together and we are. You know, this moment in our collective history reminds me of something that I experienced a number of years ago during what I call the darkest time of my life. It was a dark night of the soul, really, where the false foundation of who I thought I was based on my own beliefs and past programming and experiences in my life to that point, the life I had been living, it just started to crumble. And I had to connect with what was real, real like with a capital R, if you will for a new and solid foundation to start to develop. And I remember exactly where I was and what I was feeling at the time. I was in my kitchen feeling sheer panic about what I was facing, this confluence of circumstances, which was a complex and painful mix of financial difficulties, deep internal and soul level type shifting and healing, spiritual awakening and more. And my brain did what our beautiful brains tend to do in those types of situations. It tried to find a way to help me survive. And I remember my mind whirring frantically, seeking a solution. I needed to find, I thought, some course or some teacher or someone who could help. And that was the overarching theme of my thoughts. Then two things happened. The first was a recognition of the intense fear that I was feeling. And in the moment of recognizing the fear, I actually did something different. Rather than kind of dumping myself back into the stress cycle and back into the thoughts of who's going to help me, I need to find someone to help, I need to get a course, I need, I need something outside of myself, I actually turned toward the fear. I said, as if fear were standing right in front of me. And I remember like that physical, visceral feeling in my body. I just kind of turned a little bit and I looked at the space right in front of me as if fear were a person that were right there. And I said, I see you, fear. I see you. I'm looking right at you. And you have no power over me. And I feel like we had a brief stare down before I felt the fear start to subside. Having recognized it, its grip loosened. The second thing that happened is I recognized that this is where the rubber meets the road. By that point, I had been studying and learning for years, discovering a new way to think and be in the world and perceive about myself and about other people. I was learning about metaphysics and spiritual principles and self-development and energy. And I realized that in that moment, in my kitchen, that was exactly the time and the situation to apply it. I had been preparing, if you want to look at it that way, and this was the type of situation I had been preparing for. I didn't need more learning right then or someone outside of me to help. I needed to take what I had already learned and apply it, to live it, and to be it. That is where we are at now, love. If you choose to turn toward the situations that are moving toward us, toward the fear, toward the uncertainty that you feel, 
and to look those situations in the eye or those emotions in the eye and say, I see you. And if you choose to stand firm in that, I will be here to do that with you. And I will be providing you with the information, the resources, and the support to help you find comfort and to put one foot in front of the other effectively. You know, several years after that dark night of the soul, I was sharing with someone how difficult it was and how painful it was. And she said, I just don't know how you got through that. And when I look back on it, I kind of wonder if what she was really saying was, I don't know how I would have gotten through that if it were me. But anyway, that's kind of beside the point right now. What I said to her in response, I thought about it for a minute and I reflected on that time. And I said, I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. Because even though I had had that epiphany in my kitchen, even though I had turned toward the fear and said, I see you, even though I knew that, you know, what I needed to do at that point was apply what I had learned and live it and be it, and all of those things I just said, that doesn't mean it was easy. It was still difficult. It was still painful. But I held to that knowing of just keep applying it. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. That's how I moved forward from the place where I was, from the place of fear, from a place of stuckness, from a place of darkness, into places within myself and in my life that felt much better. So right here, right now, how do we do this one foot in front of the other thing? And where do we turn for comfort, certainty, and solutions when those things seem to be in short supply? Well, we go and we turn where the multitude of humans who have come before us in this human experience and have faced hardship, doubt, uncertainty, fear, challenges, we go where they went and where they have gone for millennia for solutions, and that is within. The humans who have risen above their difficult circumstances and done something to make their world and the world a better place have all had to run this gauntlet. We are not alone in it. They had to dig deep, listen within, find inspiration, get strength from within, and act. They had to be and do at levels they may not have thought were possible for them. And thankfully, we have practical and powerful solutions to do just that. One that I find to be particularly effective, practical, and powerful is self-leadership, again with a capital S that I mentioned before, and that is based on the Internal Family Systems Methodology, or IFS. And I will be sharing more about the specifics of how IFS works and how you can apply it in my next podcast. For now, I'll say that the methodology centers on this concept of self-leadership where we access the highest and wisest aspect of ourselves to provide leadership within us to and for our internal family or system of parts. And it also shares with us that we're all made up of these multiple parts or multiple selves with a lowercase s in this situation, or in this case, each of whom 
has a unique identity, perspective, sets of experiences, emotions, ways of being, and so on. There is a collective inside of us of these parts, and they have their own system and way of being individually and collectively. And this isn't woo-woo love. It's practical, straight-up stuff. It is a truly effective way to have your feet on the ground, to turn toward and look at, to look right at what's happening, and to be with all the parts of you and their emotions, and to find the solutions that will work for you, and quite frankly, for all of us together collectively. Self-leadership is what is critical right now because, my love, the leaders in your life are not going to save you. You know, I think that there is a part of us, of many of us, if not all of us, that desires to have someone come and save us, to take care of us. You know, maybe for you, you might think when things get difficult, you think, oh my God, I want my mom or I want my dad, or I want someone who's going to come and wrap their arms around me and tell me it's going to be okay and help make it better. That person is you, love. That person is you for you. Elected leaders, the leaders in your companies or your place of work, the leaders even in your chosen spiritual and religious homes are not going to save you. Even the best of public-facing leaders right now have their hands full, and they are going to continue having their hands full navigating the complex web of circumstances that are facing us right now. And they will be thinking collectively rather than individually, unless maybe they're thinking about themselves and their loved ones. Quite bluntly, they will probably not be thinking about you and your loved ones and your well-being in the way that you might wish or hope that they would. It is up to us to take care of ourselves and each other from right where we are. We are going to have to find our way forward individually and collectively. And we do that with self-leadership self with a capital S. That is all for now, love. I so look forward to sharing more with you. In the meantime, if anything here resonated for you, please do all the things. Share the podcast, subscribe, give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you happen to be listening, and leave a review, please. And remember, love, you make the world a better place by knowing yourself better loving yourself more, and sharing from the heart. You matter, and we need your unique, special self in this world, being and doing as only you can. Much love to you. Talk soon.